my 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 um I forgot to put on my uh my podcast. My gosh. I forgot to start recording. Man. Kid, does anybody tell you how entertaining and, and engaging you really are? Man, you got me distracted, brother. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, very sorry about this. So everyone that's listening to the podcast uh, right now, uh, just going to start over again. Congratulations <laughs> to you again, James, for getting to 600 subscribers. Like I said before, and this, this is something I'm, I'm really serious about. I want to see more independent journalists, more people across the country. Don't, I don't care what part of the country you're in. We need more independent media out there, more citizen journalists. It's something I want to see. It's something I'm in true uh, support of because now more than ever – we need people to cover stories that corporate media won't cover, have conversations that obviously these neoliberal pundits are too afraid to have. Mm-hmm. And while, yes, you might see some kind of shakeup on Fox News, remember Fox News is still corporate media, just mm. like MSNBC or CNN or CBS. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's up to the individuals to now start speaking truth to power because corporate media, no matter what three-letter name it is, they have only one agenda. That is the neoliberal agenda, the neoconservative agenda to appease the donors of the Democratic and Republican parties, respectively. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I mean, let's be real. It, If it's going to take people to take down, you know, the oligarchy, then it's going to also take the people to take down the corporate media, too, because mm-hmm. we, we all know they're lying to us. That's why their numbers are going down. So therefore, it's like, why are we, you know, you know, whatever power that they have, we can just easily, you know, outflank them if we need to so and you know right. pe- you know people like and, you at Harlan's media are doing that too which i'm very grateful for and what we need to see more too is uh not only uh individuals become, uh, stepping up on youtube but also looking at rockman and odyssey we need to start expanding our content uh, across the board so no matter what they step ahead of the censorship too so yeah. again becoming a citizen journalist not an easy thing there's no such thing as a bed of roses but Always be adaptable, always be ready for change, and it's something I hope to see more of, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to see that there's more people stepping up. You know, I remember a long time ago, when there was an outlet called TYT that was the only one, and then it got a little too corporate, but we all know that sad downfall. Yeah. We yeah. all know that sad downfall. Yeah. There, so there we go. There mm-hmm. we go. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, I know that you invited me back on this show because we talked after the first time I was on. Uh, I was mentioning about Mayor Lori Lightfoot yeah. and Chicago's problems. Mm-hmm. And my goodness, it is it is an issue with Lightfoot and yeah. her, well, interesting fall. Uh, because, you know, if, if anything, we have to look at how she got elected in the beginning. And I, I, I maybe I, I don't want to interrupt or anything, but I'm pretty sure you have some questions. And I've definitely shared with you some links. So. Uh, where, where do you want to start off with uh, Lightfoot and, well, her tenure as being mayor of the city of Chicago? Yeah, I mean, from what you stated earlier before we went live, you were talking about we should start at the beginning, you know, because you, you have to know where somebody's been in order to know, you know, where they are at now. And mm-hmm. so as far as uh, Lightfoot and a lot of people who aren't uh, up to speed on her. Uh, as far as the 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 liberal boxes, she checks them all. As far as identity, she is a woman, she is black, and she is a lesbian. So she has the queer black woman moniker that people use to defend her. But I'm gonna say this 
uh, as as gen- I'm gonna purse my words carefully. As someone okay. who fits two of those monikers, queer and black, just because they have those identities does not absolve them from the issues that they or or the transgressions that they have committed. You know, and again, this is something that he because because I, I know it's, you're absolutely correct. We have to start from the beginning, of course, but let's just yeah. address identity politics. Mm-hmm. This has also been a very dangerous tightrope that we at Harlan's Media have been talking about, even on Chicago Corner, because we understand identity politics and just how, again, in this day and age, uh, you know, how incredible it is to see a lot of individuals get into seats of power uh, yeah. who are no longer the traditional straight white male or mm-hmm. anything of that matter. However, again, corruption impacts us all. No matter who you are, what you identify as, your gender, the color of your skin, who you worship, we are all susceptible to corruption, crimes, being abusive with power, yeah. and if it means fitting into the neoliberal machine, the neoliberal machine doesn't care who you are or where you've been so long yeah. as you serve its interests, then go ahead, sit at the table, and put on liberal identity politics because, again, liberal identity politics has been used as a shield to still keep the status quo. Mm-hmm. And Lightfoot, again, when she got elected, very historic, Chicago's first black female mayor who is also uh, again queer right lesbian mm-hmm. and i just think it's very interesting that since then she's Rahm Emanuel 2.0 started off on a high note but again very corrupt uh I'll, let, let me take that back not just corrupt thin-skinned and continuing on with many of the policies that we saw under Rahm Emanuel yeah. And the city has had it up to here with her uh, constant failure of leadership and the downright behavior of unable to take responsibility for her own failures. And every day we see more and more of hypocrisy from Lightfoot. And recently this whole thing with CTU and her uh, is just the tip of the iceberg. If anything, if we look at who Lightfoot truly was in the beginning, again, a remarkable career, assistant U.S. Attorney General from 96 to 2002. Um, Chicago Police uh, Department Office of Professional Standards. She's the Chief Administrator of Chicago Police Department of Professional Standards between 2002 and 2004. Uh, just to be very clear, it's a now cur- currently a defunct uh, police oversight group. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, she also had numerous other roles in the city of Chicago, uh, especially uh, while under uh, Richard M. Daly, who was one of the I think at this point, one of the last uh, mayors to have a long-term uh, rule over the city. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, she had her own private practice and was the Chicago Police Board and Task Force from 2015 to 2018 before throwing her hat in the ring um, in 2019 for her mayoral campaign. And that, by far, that year was a very interesting year because it was assumed that Ron Emanuel was going to run for his third term. Mm-hmm. However, um, if we look at the aftermath of the shooting uh, and murder of Laquan McDonald, Mayor Rahm Emanuel's administration played a key role in covering up that entire crime and the murder of that young man. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, uh, because of that, we got a clown car of candidates because when Rahm Emanuel stepped down, this was a shocker. It was We weren't going to get a mayor running for a third term. We were going to get a whole new field of candidates Mm-hmm. And it was, I think, at this, I think for that election, not, not a lot of Chicagoans knew that we were having an election. And at the same time, 
with all these candidates, how could we pick out the best candidate from mm -hmm. the race? And Heartland's media, way back in 2018, uh, we covered the third mayoral debate. And this was the third one. And we found out the day after that Rahm Emanuel was not going to be running for a, a third term. So I sent you that link. It's kind of hilarious. Where is Rahm? And I'm, 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 it's a just a two-minute video. Okay. Uh, yeah. If we just kind of, I think, I don't know if people can hear it. I can't hear it at this point. I know. Uh, I was just playing this as a background. You know yeah. how oh, mainstream yeah. media always does, like, their background, like, <laughs> silent, like, stuff that they're showing, you know. Yeah. I'm not trying to be like them, but I'm just trying to give people, you know, more of a, a synopsis of who she is and what she looks like and, yeah. uh, you know, so that they can identify who she is and, and whatnot. Um, yeah. But yeah. So uh, the Where's Rom. Where's Rom? It's a, it should yeah. be the first link above. Uh, and it's, it's kind of interesting because it was the first time we had like nine of the I believe nine of the candidates were there. Mm -hmm. And light and Lightfoot. I also had a chance to interview her as well. I think all of you are gonna get uh, a good laugh out of it, especially at the end. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm gonna mute my mic really quick so that there's no back. Um... Yeah, I'll mute my mic too. Okay. On July 25th, 2018, a mayoral candidate forum was held at Horner Park on Chicago's north side of the city. Nine candidates showed, except for one. Mayor Emanuel, Mayor Rahm Emanuel, Mayor Rahm Emanuel. Yet again, Mayor Rahm Emanuel is not here. Uh, again, he's not really participating in any of these forums or debates, as well as previous other forums. What kind of statement do you want to make? What kind of statement do you want to make? What is your response for Mayor Emanuel's lack of uh, participating in these forums and debates? Is it debate here? Well, if I had been in his shoes, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't have came either. You know, because he's not like. Well, you know, he's not participating because he, he doesn't have a good story to tell. And he, he's, you know, he tries to avoid any, you know, any opportunity to appear any, at somewhere where he could possibly get booed. Look, I think his absence from this incredibly important conversation that's happening all over the city speaks volumes about what he cares about and what he doesn't care about. He, he's not going to do anything he's not forced to do. That's the nature of the man. I mean, it fits his pattern. I mean, what's my statement on his lack of participation and um, any democratic uh, exercise. Well, I have nothing to say to the mayor. I mean, he's going to do what he's going to do. I mean, I don't have anything to say. He's the incumbent. He has the right to. Uh, he's going to definitely have to be a part of it once we're on a ballot. You know, I think it's really inappropriate for him to not participate in these forums. Well, I think it's, it's a, a, something that people should be aware of in the sense of you have candidates out there putting themselves out. Uh, we're going to say things that might be agreed upon or might not be agreed upon, but we have to convey our message to the citizens of Chicago. And if somebody's not willing to do that, then they shouldn't be eligible to run for mayor. If you want to be the mayor of this great city, you've got to get out there. You've got to meet people. You've got to listen to them. And you've got to demonstrate a level of compassion and empathy for the day-to-day -day struggles of everyday Chicagoans. And the fact that he won't come out in public in these kinds of forums and interact with the citizens, to me, is disqualifying. He gets the office, he does his PR, controlled press events. If it's not controlled, he's not there. He's never going to show up to something like this. Uh, he needs a control. Uh, he, needs a, he needs it staged. He needs uh, paid applauders. But once the debates happen, I think we'll be able to expose Ron for who he is. For him, for as I'm concerned, for Ron and me, close up 48 of 50 schools. 
close down and mental health answer to. Okay? Economic equality is not there in fairness. I would look, something wrong with him mentally. You gotta have something wrong with you, serious wrong with you mentally. I'm not for sure. I think we need probably, he need to be in that. Oh my God. Oh, it's such an old school video. Oh my goodness. Uh, so I, I, I know your mic's on mute, my friend, but uh, you know, I just got to say that last part with Willie Wilson. <laughs> I interviewed that man. That's one of the interviews I can say that broke me because as soon as he said that, we wrapped it up. I had to run upstairs and laugh my ass off. That was the funniest shit I ever had to deal with in my entire <laughs> career. What is It's out there as being one of my top favorite interviews. It was, it, was, it was great. It was no holds bar, and he's actually running for governor uh, for his own party, the Willie Wilson party, which is which should be very interesting to see how that's all going to play out for this election cycle for uh, the office of governor of Illinois. Uh, but did you notice the interesting statements from Lightfoot? And that's why I wanted to play that video. The words that she was saying, uh, the things that she was uh, trying to ex uh, explain – uh, during that interview I was having with her and how the mayor needs to get out there, have empathy, be with the people. Mm -hmm. Lightfoot hasn't followed through with any of those statements like a typical politician. Lightfoot has continued, again, to support the neoliberal machine here, turn yeah. a blind eye to the establishment politicians that have been in the city council for decades, mm -hmm. 20 or 30 plus years. These are politicians that made this their bread and butter. Lightfoot, again, turning a blind eye to Chicago police corruption, political corruption, again, allowing environmental racism to impact the south and west side neighborhoods in the city of Chicago. And predominantly those neighborhoods are black and Latino, working class communities. And yet on the south and west side areas, we're seeing asphalt plants, industrial facilities, trucking facilities being built next to schools, homes, uh, nursing homes, apartments, parks, public parks. And this is all happening under Lightfoot, who ran under having a strong Chicago Environmental Protection Agency, but yet one of the individuals that's running the Chicago Environmental Protection Agency has a lot of close ties to a lot of these heavy industrial facilities and asphalt plants in the city of Chicago. Now, if you go to the north side, you'll notice one thing. Uh, you don't see those facilities there. Or if they were there, they get moved to the south and west side neighborhoods. If you look at a map of environmental pollution, and environmental uh, waste, you'll notice that it's predominantly on the south and west side areas, and that's by design. What that is, is a two-pronged assault. There is, of course, gentrification. When you shut down a public school, again, this was happening under Rahm Emanuel, where you had 54 Chicago public schools shut down. When I was interviewing Willie Wilson, he mentioned 48. Well, sometime afterwards, it came to 54 Chicago public schools wow. were shut down, and they're predominantly on the west and south side neighborhoods. And when you shut down a school, you rip out the beating heart of the community. You cause the land to become devalued. You cause everything to fall apart. But there's another assault, too, that leads to gentrification, and that is mm -hmm. environmental racism because then you're displacing people. People are having health problems. And in the richest country in the world, we don't have Medicare for all, and that's how, again, these communities get displaced. People get displaced from these communities. The land gets gobbled up by these large real estate developers. And then all of a sudden, miracle of miracles, those industrial facilities eventually pack up and go. It takes a while. But they do leave. And it's just interesting that this, this policy is still happening under Mayor Lori Lightfoot. And just a side note, too, we all know that Flint, Michigan, again, 
Why am I bringing up Flint, Michigan? Different subject, different city altogether. Flint, Michigan still doesn't have clean drinking water because they're still lead in the drinking water. Chicago, a major metropolitan city, has lead and other heavy chemicals and pollutants in its drinking water. Rahm Emanuel did nothing about it. Mayor Lightfoot is doing nothing about it, just like she's doing nothing about the police corruption, the political corruption. That's These are the things that we've been dealing with. And I just want to just state this, too, because I know there's another uh, segment of that interview or that uh, third debate that we covered where Lightfoot is explaining some of the issues at hand. And when I look back at it, it's almost night and day. And I wonder just when Lightfoot decided to reveal the mask that she wasn't going to change anything. I know you got some questions, but I just thought I'd just explain it to the viewers because a lot of people have been asking us, who is Lightfoot? What is she doing? Yeah. Does she run as a progressive or just as a regular standard Democrat? A little side A, a little side B. Because when she was going, when when the primary uh, was settled, there were two candidates. Because, again, originally there was about 16 mayoral candidates altogether, mm-hmm. to the best of my knowledge, 16 mayoral candidates. So there was a lot of people running for office. So the mm-hmm. vote, it could have been anyone's game. But during the primary, Lightfoot and another individual named Tony Pretwinkle, who is also a Chicago politician, made a, made a career of basically being in control of Cook County, being president of the Cook County Board. Mm-hmm. And she was as corporate as they can get, very out of touch. And Tony Prattwinkle also implemented a very unpopular policy, which was the soda tax. And while it does sound interesting, it, it, she, she just made herself a villain to everyone in the city. Everyone felt the soda tax was a waste of time, and it was quickly re, uh, revoked. But, again, Prepwinkle had a whole bunch of baggage. So compared to uh, her and Lightfoot, Lightfoot was the lesser of two evils, and Lightfoot was saying things a lot of people wanted to hear, police accountability, ending corruption, building a strong Chicago Environmental Protection Agency, funding our public schools, uh, again, making sure that something could be done with the TIF funds. These were things that she was saying. And, uh, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know, the TIF funds are tax incremental funding, which is predominant, which should be used to fund struggling neighborhoods, to fund our public schools. But similar to Rahm Emanuel and Mayor Daley, Lightfoot is using the TIF funds as a personal slush fund for projects in the downtown area of mm-hmm. Chicago and more affluent neighborhoods on the north side. That's what Lightfoot's doing with the TIF funds. Uh, all the while mm-hmm. still being corrupt. And we'll get further into corruption, but that's, that's just an idea of uh, the situation we were dealing with uh, during the last election. And... Again, uh, she got Prentwinkle ran such a terrible campaign that Lightfoot got 70% of the vote, almost near to it, I believe. She mm-hmm. basically took over every single ounce mm-hmm. uh, or uh, inch of Chicago. And let's see, I think Lightfoot in the first round, let's see, in the first round, uh, Lightfoot got 17% of the vote. Uh, between all the primary candidates. Wait, hold which, on. Which, which, yeah, which was very interesting. Hold and then, on. It, oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Hold, hold, hang on. Let me share my screen really quick. Because there, there's, there's some bullshittery afoot. From Lightfoot. Pun intended. What happened this time? I'm just... See, I'm not a native of Chicago. I don't live in Chicago, so I don't get a lot of, you know, news from Chicago. What the hell, Kit? 
Public Safety Committee discussed Lightfoot's proposal to sue street gangs? Oh my Does she God. even know why a lot of, especially young men, get into gangs? Why are they in them? Why are you going to well, sue them when? Oh my goodness! I've been I've been focusing on CTU uh, and uh, her, her her fight with CTU. Uh, when did this article come out? Uh, let me see. Let's, let's it was it. a day ago. It was a day ago. My goodness! Wow. So that's interesting to see. Wow, Lightfoot. Proposal to sue street gangs. Yeah. Which one? Which one? It's not the early 90s or 80s when all the gangs were solidified. There's so many different chapters and different groups. Lightfoot is not, again, you know what this is? More funding for the uh, Chicago Police Department to yeah. crack down, especially on low-income neighborhoods. That's what Lightfoot's using that for. Yeah. City gangs. Which one money? What, you're wasting city resources on that? What does she have to say about it? Can we actually get the volume of her playing? Or yeah, I'm going to mute myself so we can hear it. It's right. only two minutes yeah, video. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll mute my mic too. Justice Ordinance. It will, Chicago City Council Committee on Public Safety will meet later today to discuss the Victims Justice Ordinance. It would allow the city to sue gangs, their leadership, and members who profit from illegal and violent acts. CBS 2's Meredith Barrick details what the ordinance could mean for the city and why several people are against it. Earlier this week, a group of Chicago civil rights attorneys signed a letter asking Mayor Lori Lightfoot to withdraw the ordinance that she introduced last year. The proposal was introduced as Lightfoot is under pressure to crack down on Chicago's gun violence and homicide rates. The letter says the proposed ordinance will cause the city, quote, costly litigation and perpetuate racial disparities in law enforcement practices, and, quote, it will not reduce harm and violence. In a Zoom call with reporters on Thursday, the mayor, who is currently in Washington, D.C., was asked about the ordinance and today's meeting. I think there's been a lot of reflexive um, criticism uh, by folks without really understanding what the contours of this ordinance is. The ordinance is modeled after the 1993 Illinois Street Gang Terrorism Omnibus Prevention Act and would allow the city to file a civil complaint against street gang members who knowingly engaged in two or more gang-related criminal offenses within five years of each other. This is not an effort to try to take grandma's house, um, as a, a lot of people, I think, express cons concerns about. But the fact of the matter is, there is a significant profit motive on the part of these gang members uh, to commit the crimes that they're committing, um, not just illegal gun trafficking um, or of drug dealing, but the, the um, shootings and homicides that are flowing directly from uh, the illegal gun tr uh, um, drug trade. The ordinance would authorize courts to hold a defendant liable for compensatory and punitive damages or enter a fine up to $10,000 for each offense. Our goal is to have another tool at our disposal um, so that we can take action in the fight against uh, these violent criminal gangs um, who are terrorizing residents uh, in the city of Chicago. The mayor reiterating that the Public Safety Committee will not be taking a vote on the ordinance, rather just having a discussion. From our Streetside studio, I'm Meredith Barrick, CBS2 News. Okay. 
Here's my answer. To the that. classic is back what that looks like. deep dish pizza. Top to the No deep dish pizza, no. Sorry, go ahead. Hey, deep dish <laughs> yeah, well deep dish pizza is the best. It's Chicago style. No, here's 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 something we could take away from that statement from Lightfoot. Again, they're gonna talk about it. When I mean talking about it, they're gonna figure out a way how they can probably take grandma's house or either that set individuals up for their homes to be raided and to be again put on the chopping block to be again have the city sue them here's the thing uh i'm gonna send this link to you again th this video is about 27 minutes long but when you have free time uh this is a story that we covered way back early on hardlands media mm -hmm. uh and it has to deal with a full press conference the exoneration project chicago police corruption now, here's what that story is all about. Uh, 16 black men were exonerated from crimes that they did not commit. I'm going to say that again. They were exonerated from crimes that they did not commit because of the corruption of four Chicago police officers that threatened their lives, their families, and so much more. And this was a very historic event because these 16 men had most of their lives ruined by the corruption of these four police officers. You're telling me that this program will not be abused by those co cops that are corrupt. You're telling me that these uh, that this system that Lightfoot is putting in uh, will somehow work miraculously. Remember, this is the same uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot who's still getting a middle finger from the Chicago Police Department, but yet use federal COVID relief funds to fund the Chicago Police Department and for overtime. But as my colleague E. Heller is saying in the chat, Chicago Corner has talked about this and how there's been numerous times where there's been a lack of accountability for the Chicago Police Department. And again, what is what is the overall message that this is saying? This means more of a police presence, more police raids in communities that are struggling. Again, we're going to see a further backlash from the communities because how often have we seen uh, throughout the previous years of excessive force? And if the city wants to sue you now because you're allegedly part of a gang, what are the lengths that they're willing to go to drag you to court and make things happen? This is the Chicago uh, environment that we're in, and this is the environment that Mayor Lightfoot is starting to build. But also, again, there's communities in the city of Chicago right now that are even hiring uh, private forces, uh, private security forces, uh, to uh, patrol neighborhoods because Chicago Police Department is, quote-unquote, over overrun or they're not overrun they're stretched through too thin at this point this is the city of chicago that we live in this is the nightmare that we live in and this is the leadership of mayor lightfoot who then also has the audacity to tell small business owners well we can't bring uh any kind of real security to the communities anymore uh but you'll have to buzz people in your small businesses that's like an open treasure trove of a disaster waiting to happen, a lawsuit waiting to happen, because that means you're telling that small business owner they have to judge a person on the outside and then decide whether or not to let them in. Okay. All right. Um... Well, 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 welcome to Chicago. Again, by, by the way, by the way, Chicago, it's not just segregated. It is hyper-segregated. It's, it's its own thing altogether. Chicago is a hyper-segregated city, and it's like that by design. Yes, there is a north side and the south side. But if you divide, if you look into the north side and south side of Chicago even further, you'll notice every community is heavily divided. And plus, if you look into our uh, the way our city is designed through uh, election maps, 
the gerrymandering is done by a madman who's probably done far too many drugs, and it's nothing but squiggly lines that just don't add up. If I urge our audience, your audience, when they have time, check out Chicago's election districts. Yes, when it comes down to Cook County, things seem a little bit more even, but when it comes down to the city itself and the wards, it makes no sense whatsoever. How can anyone effectively be an alderman of any of these uh, districts that look like uh, a kid drew them up? Okay. Um, as... you, 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 you were not ready for, 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 for the amount of uh, bombs that are going to be dropped today, huh? <laughs> I haven't seen this much bullshit since I was at a, a ranch. Like, the amount of bullshittery that is going on in Chicago politics. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, hold any- on, wait, wait there's, 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 there's one other thing, too. Because oh, I, 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 I want to I give Lightfoot credit for this, or originally half credit for this. When she first got into office... Daniel, myself, and the rest of the team, we were really excited because she was somebody different. And one of the things that really made her stand out was when she was basically challenging Ed Burke. Now, for those of you who don't know who Ed Burke is, uh, his family has been in political power for about 70-plus years. Now, he got his alderman seat from his father. So when I say we perfected feudalism in the city of Chicago, we perfected feudalism. Wow. (laughs) It's his father, and then, of course, Ed Burke takes that seat as well you know he was recently in a huge scandal but yet he still has his seat in the city of chicago in fact let's actually look at it now of course there's still an ongoing investigation with good old ed burke um but uh he's uh, again been in office he assumed office in 1969 again now, uh, he, uh, he's uh, the acquisition by the FBI. He's a criminal. Uh, there's a criminal complaint that was filed against Ed Burke on January 2nd of 2019 for attempted extortion. By the way, for the shooting of Laquan McDonald, just so all of you know, uh, that Burger King that actually caught some of the film footage uh, there that the police took away, uh, Ed Burke tried to shake that place down. He tried to shake down Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> That's something people don't know. See, the Burger King at the center of Alderman Ed Burke's led scheme has ties to the shooting of Laquan McDonald. So uh, here's here's something I want to read, read to you. Again, we'll, we'll get back to Lightfoot, but this is just a little, little piece of information. There are more than 50 Burger Kings in the city of Chicago. So to your audience, if you ever come to Chicago, you got the choice of 50 Burger Kings. Uh, but, none, but none have woven themselves into recent Chicago history like the one at 4660 South Pulaski Road location. In addition, playing a central role in charges against Powerful uh, Alderman Ed Burke, the infamous Laquan McDonald shooting, took place right outside the South Side's restaurant doors in 2014. Prosecutors said, mm-hmm. hold on, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm stuttering. Mm-hmm. Whew, let me clear my voice. Prosecutors say Burke tried to extort the location's owners after they sought remodeling permits for the Archer Heights location in 2017. 
extorting the location's owners. Now, again, Ed Burke, big fish in a small pond. That big fish had the audacity to take on a corporation like Burger King. It's like that opening scene in Sopranos when the two characters who work for Tony Soprano try to shake down a Starbucks location. And the oh, manager's like, hey, look, you might beat me up, but there's going to be somebody else here, and this corporation is going to replace me. They don't care about me. You're going to shake down Burger King? You're going to shake down Burger King? Come on. Here, and just, 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 just so you know, just so you know I'm not messing with you. You can fact check me too on this one. Send it to you, private chat. Enjoy. Enjoy. It's from the Chicago Tribune. There you go. We're only scratching the surface of Chicago corruption. Did you, you didn't really know how bad it is here, huh? And Fox News says this is a communist city. This sir, sir, sir. These are the end times, I'm telling you. These are the last days. I'm just... <laughs> I don't even know what to say. My God. You mean... I wanted to make a point earlier, but then you interjected. Sorry. And I then... And then, and then... Please. Look, we were at the second second circle of hell. Then you were like, no, 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 no. Well, let's come down more. And you were like, oh, let's go to... Let's go to the third or fourth circle of hell. And you were like, mm, not deep enough, James. Let's go down. We're going down to the seventh. And then you're like, wow, this is the seventh. You're like, no, we're going to go lower. There's an eighth circle of hell. And then you brought me down to the eighth circle. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> you, didn't, you, you didn't know it was this bad. Yeah, it's just this bad in the city of Chicago. It's just as And by the and way, this is, a, this is a blue city? It's a, it, well, here's the thing. Um, I don't know how much of it they change, but in order to run uh, for an office for the city of Chicago, essentially you don't have to run as a Democrat, but you have to put the Democrat name in front of you, of course. Um, so it's there's, 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 there's a lot of interesting civic lessons to learn in the city of Chicago. Like I said, we're number one as the most corrupt city. Add in Washington, D.C., then we're number two. Remove Washington, D.C., then God damn it, we are the world heavyweight champions. You have an alderman who is trying to shake down a freaking Burger King. Da, yeah, Burger, Burger King. King has owners. They got to explain to the corporation, like, no. you know, and look, look, I'm not trying to defend corporations here, but it's sort of like they have to go to the corporate and go, hey, hey guys, we, someone's trying to shake, they were like, what? Someone's trying to shake us down. No, 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 no. But that's, that's Chicago politics. I don't know what Ed Burke was thinking. But Lightfoot actually challenged him, and then eventually, while well, that big fight between her and Ed Burke fizzled away. Like many things that Lightfoot does, it fizzles away. See, I brought it right back to Lightfoot. Just what? What the fuck? You, you were not ready. You 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 were not ready for 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 the for the full on uh, hit of Chicago corruption. Damn it, kick you, you, you! I'm lost for words now, man. Damn you! You and all your facts. Well, you know, when, when I, <sighs> a while ago when I was saying to a lot of progressive groups that I was a part of, like Chicago like, and the Midwest, winning the Midwest would be a big deal for any kind of presidential election because we got to get rid of the corruption. we got to get rid of the, the, the Democratic machine that's so well oiled here. And that's a whole other can of worms altogether. This was supposed to be about Lightfoot, but mention about some more about Chicago corruption. Right I now. mean, the mom ain't got shit on these people. <laughs> 
Like, and, and hold on, I'm just trying to go back to Lightfoot trying to sue the gangs. Like, yeah. Like, ma'am, ma'am, why are people? Why are people, especially a lot of young black and Latino men, getting into gangs in the first place? Have, have, have you have that come to through your head? Oh no, well, I'm sorry. It has. She just doesn't care. I, I apologize for cutting you off because I know this is your show. So, but he, no. he, hear me out. The reason why, again, we are seeing a rise in criminal activity and so much more is because there's a lack of economic opportunities and educational opportunities on the south side and on the west side. Of yes. The Very clear. Yes. That, that, that's not the case. Um, then you're then you're being blind or stupid on purpose. Now, look. Um, the city severely underfunds its public schools. Now, we do have the resources, and again, I'm going to mention this book. It's called Chicago's Not Broke. Chicago's Not Broke, written by Tom Tresher, and explains the TIF funds. and explains how these communities all across the city of Chicago can be funded and why the city of Chicago has access to it. It's a, it's a small book. It's about this thick, right? This thick. Maybe even a little bit smaller, all right? But in it is so much information about what is wrong with the city, why we have money, and why it's not being used. It's called Chicago's Not Broke. We've interviewed Tom Tresher, and I'll send, you know what I'll do? I'm going to send you some interview links that, I, that, that we've had with Tom Tresher, and we actually did a recording of one of his class sessions, uh, I think at DePaul University. Wait, my goodness. And by the way, I would just want to comment, too. I looked fresh and clean in that, uh, uh, in that older video, but I like my bearded long hair look. You know? like the fresh, clean look. For, that, that's, that's when I was like trying to be professional. Now, now it's, yeah, but that's the book. That is the book to your audience. You want to know why uh, there are things wrong with the city of Chicago? That's the book to read. You want to know why we have money and it's not being used? This is the book to read. Chicago is Not Broke by Tom Tresher. Fantastic read. If you're not reading it, you should. And if you want to know what's wrong with Chicago, you should read it. That's just a fantastic read through and through. I recommend uh, anyone that wants to uh, get better uh, at understanding Chicago civics, that's the book. Wow. Yep. Just, just only scratching the surface. This, this is only the beginning. And see, Lightfoot is just the long, is just a continuation of a long, sad history of neoliberalism in the city. So when I ever hear Fox News say Chicago is a communist, crime-ridden city, it's like. Well, okay, yes, there's crime. Yes, there's violence. Communists? Whoa! What? When the fuck did this happen? Or socialists? Really? Well, there is communism and socialism here. It's just for the rich. Because in a downtown area of Chicago, a lot of these corporations and law firms and office buildings pay almost zero in taxes. All that burns put on the same communities that are being gentrified right now as we speak. All this is happening under Lightfoot's administration. She's just continuing on what Rahm Emanuel and then former Mayor Daley have set up. And they're trying. And again, look. While while I understand that identity politics play a role, that doesn't shield her from the criticism. And that's one of the things. Like it's been that small tightrope to cross on. Because when I brought up criticism about Lightfoot, I did get some of the occasional. Well, you know, gee, you sound a little, well, jealous. Are you? being a little bit disrespectful. You know, I don't want to use the B word or the R word, you know, but it's sort of like, no, guys, 
it's just as corrupt. This, 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 I was it's like, it's, it's been trying to scream into the void. And of course, when it came down to this whole thing with CTU, well, you clear CTU leadership failed the membership. But you know, a lot of those teachers, the reason why they walked out, the reason why they left, the reason why they uh, even stood up in the first place against yeah. life just a few weeks ago was because there was the assumption that there would be a two-week grace period to do some online learning. There were about 100,000 laptops available for Chicago public school students okay. to use. Now, again, we know America's infrastructure is crap. We know that we a lot of homes and apartments and a lot of families don't have access to readily available internet. This is a thing. This is why we need to have internet as a public utility. It should be available to all because let's face it. Our smartphones, our laptops, our computers, they're part of our daily lives, whether we like it or not. We are all attached to it. And for the foreseeable future, that's not, nothing will fundamentally change. Got to quote Biden on that one. But these teachers had every right to call out Lightfoot. Now, what did Lightfoot do to these teachers? She removed, she basically closed down the schools and removed remote learning. However, the charter schools, the private schools, the Catholic schools were still doing remote learning. Then Lightfoot catches COVID. Her and her administration are doing online community meetings and online work. Are you expecting the teachers and students to go in and, and, and not, not question this? Mm. So the thing is, look, we have here's the thing. Right now, COVID has played a severe impact on our schools. Do we need to open the schools again? I, I think the answer is yes. However, however, however. COVID is playing a very severe role in our livelihoods, and we have to make sure that the students, teacher, and faculty are safe. And in that contract, there was the, I guess, on the teacher's point, the assumption that there would be that grace period of doing online learning. There were, last year, 100,000 laptops were available for the Chicago public teachers to hand out to their students so that their students could use it. And what happened then? As soon as CTU buckled, the CTU leadership buckled, Schools reopened, but the students, I believe a week ago on Friday, did the most heroic thing ever. They stepped up and they walked out. They protested. They protested down the streets. They kept on asking the city, do our lives matter? Wow. And apparently, according to Lightfoot, it doesn't. Wow. You know... And, and and what about Lightfoot's kids? Wait, 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 one other thing here, too. And look, I understand that online there's a lot of talks about, hey, we need to return back to normal. There's things the vaccines aren't working. You know, if you get shot three times, you're still going to get COVID. I understand all these issues, right? And the thing is, I, I noticed uh, a lot of outlets were saying, reopen the Chicago public schools. But I wanted to almost yell at everyone be like, no, guys, you don't understand. COVID is a minor character in this story. The bigger story is Lightfoot getting her petty revenge on CTU when they did a protest against her in 2019, when the teachers union in 2019 walked out. And the thing is, still, when I mentioned earlier in this uh, in the show, gentrification, when a school is shut down, that kills a community, that, yeah. especially on the south and west side neighborhoods of the yeah. city of Chicago. And the thing is, these teachers have every right to push back, fight back, as do the teachers and faculty. And this has this story about Lightfoot versus CTU is about Chicago corruption. Lightfoot is using COVID as just a cover, or either that saying, well, 
look, we'll open up the schools. We got to return back to normal. We got to have the businesses running. We have to have everyone going back to work. People are still getting COVID. And I think it's very important that we take the, the lives of these students and teachers and faculty as, as front and center. They have every right to be worried about themselves. They have every right to be scared. They have every right to call out the hypocrisy of what the charter schools, private schools, Catholic schools, and what this mayor's administration are doing. Because if they're not going to lead by example, and they're also going to turn a blind eye to what these other schools are doing, then the CTU students, teachers, and faculty have every right to say, we demand online learning too. Because the thing is, there was a contract that was in agreement. Lightfoot was the one that broke it. Like she's broken all of her contracts and all of her promises to the people of Chicago. What about her kids? Her kid is doing online learning. She goes to, uh, her kid goes to a charter school. So if it's good enough for her kids, then it should be good enough for every other kid. Yep. And what life, and here's the thing, uh, during, um, the presidential election of 2020, uh, especially during the primary when Andrew Yang was still a candidate, uh, there was a conversation brought up to Lightfoot about UBI. Hmm. Firmly against it. Hmm. Same Mayor Lightfoot. And even during the height of the George Floyd protests, this is the same Mayor Lightfoot who raised the bridges, dividing the affluent area of downtown Chicago from the rest of Chicago, raising the bridges, and uh, trying to further funding the Chicago Police Department. And, and by the way, too, uh, with the COVID relief funds, she used that federal money in an illegal manner. She paid off the city's debt, didn't pay it off fully, but at least paying off some of the city's debt. You're not supposed to do that with federal money. You were supposed to invest it to all the uh, outlets that needed that federal relief funds. Lightfoot didn't do that. So when I say to everyone about this fight between Lightfoot and CTU, Obviously, CTU leadership failed, but teachers, membership, faculty, and students carried the work. Never side with Lightfoot. If you find yourself agreeing with Lightfoot, something is wrong. And it's a rare moment in time where you have to maybe see, okay, Lightfoot, I see your point. I see your point why you're doing it. This is all about Chicago corruption. It's all about Chicago corruption. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You were not ready. You were not ready for the truth bombs. <laughs> I wasn't. And, and by the way, I, there, there's so much more I could share uh, share with you about uh, the entire corruption in the city of Chicago. Like take, for example, uh, the murder of the young boy named Adam Toledo. Now, yeah. For your viewing audience, if you don't know who he is, um, Adam Toledo was a young boy who was shot. Now... The article I have in front of me is from Chicago, from Block Club Chicago. Adam Toledo, the 13-year-old boy whom police shot and killed, is being remembered at the National Museum of Mexican Arts, DLS uh, Muertos exhibit. Um, and what happened was, in an early March 29th, uh, a police officer shot and killed Adam Toledo. There was a brief foot chase in Little Village. Toledo dropped the gun and was holding his empty hands in the air when the officer showed him, uh, shot him, shot him. Apologies for that. Now, originally before the video was set loose, there was talk about how Adam Toledo uh, supposedly shot at the officer. On, the, on our second YouTube channel called Chicago Corner, 
uh, my colleague uh, Jerry Vasilaos and I, before we set up the show, we saw the video ourselves. We saw the foot chase. The gun was dropped. Adam Toledo had his hands in the air, and he was shot. It was a very difficult video to watch. Um, it's something I never want to see again. But that's what happened. The evidence is out there. And Lightfoot had the audacity to say, incredibly difficult to watch. It was, uh, she, she didn't really indicate anything else that really happened. She was speechless, quiet. And of course she did her press conference. But I find it interesting, and there's actually a quote at the, uh, the, in the video link that I sent you. Um, it wasn't difficult for her to have cops outside her house when protesters showed up on her block, though. And she, even then, as soon as the video was released, raised the bridges in downtown Chicago because she was afraid of the protests. That's Mayor Lightfoot. That's our mayor. She sounds, she sounds pretty Obama-esque in many ways. <sighs> well, and by the way, I think someone's saying, uh, why aren't they still on her block? Well, the thing is, uh, she's had some altercations with the Chicago Police Department, but yet time and time again, she has still um, given them a lot of resources and a lot of uh, additional funding. We can actually, we could play it. It's about a 15 minute video, but we could play it. Uh, you know, obviously you could stop whenever you wish, but this, this is, this is our mayor, Mayor Lightfoot. So yeah. Let's, let's, let's check out this video. I'll mute my mic. Yeah. I, I'll, pl I'll play a couple minutes. I can't play too, too much because I don't have that much time, but play a couple minutes. We'll see. March 29th in Little Village, a Chicago police officer shot and killed a 13-year-old boy that we now know was Adam Toledo. And <clears throat> later today, uh, the body-worn camera and pod camera and other uh, video and audio footage, which we're leading up to and including, will be released to the public. Uh, after first and foremost being shown to the family and with their consent. I have seen those videos, and let me just say that they are incredibly difficult to watch, uh, particularly at the end. I say that not only as a mother of a 13-year-old myself, uh, but as a mayor who is deeply passionate about protecting our young people. Throughout my career, I've watched dozens of videos like this one and been to scenes of police shootings. As you recall, it was my job for many years to investigate police-involved shootings. These videos and these moments are, are never easy to bear witness to, regardless of the circumstances. And what I've learned is that you need to brace yourself beforehand. Let yourself feel the pain and anguish and shock of these traumatic events to avoid becoming numb as you watch. As more and more people see this footage, I want to ask again that everyone tuning in uh, right now think first and foremost about Adam Toledo, about what his family 
is enduring every single day since they learned of his passing. What's on your mind, Kit? She's basically telling people, behave yourselves. Don't protest. Think about Adam Toledo. Notice, she's not saying, I am appalled by the actions of that officer. The, the young kid dropped his gun. The officer, bang, 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 shot. That, that's, what, that's what happened. That, I saw the video, too. I'm thinking about Adam Toledo. That young boy, he dropped the gun, okay? Again, you know, he dropped it. Hands in the air. Already, the officer won the fight. Yeah, he chased him. Okay, arrest. Put the handcuffs on. That's it. Okay, fine. That young boy was shot. Didn't get a second chance whatsoever. And at least according to earlier reports, there was talk of how Adam Toledo shot. I saw the video. No shots were fired except from the police officer's gun. And here is Lightfoot telling people in a monotone voice, behave yourselves. Don't get out of line. Take it easy. Think about what think about Adam Toledo. She's not showing any kind of anguish or remorse. That's our mayor. You know, hides behind identity politics and is extremely thin skinned. That is our mayor. I know the time's running short, so I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I know you got some comments, so I, go. I find it funny when they want people to remain calm. When it comes to these things, but they never ask the police to remain calm. They never, they never say, "Well, the police should have been better." It's always they default to, "Well, the police, there's the supreme law of the land. Whatever they choose to do in that moment is whatever they choose to do." And we should just trust every single thing they do, despite them being imperfect people. And the police officer disarmed this this kid. The kid was disarmed. So yeah. therefore, he was no longer a threat to that officer. So my question is, if he was no longer a threat, he was no longer armed, why did you shoot him? Why were you still in, in fear of your life from a disarmed brown kid? Why were you in fear? Now, again, to, to your audience, all of you can see the video. You can watch it for yourselves. It's not easy if you want to watch something like that. I'll agree with Lightfoot on that. It's very difficult to watch. It is. But her conclusion... And my conclusion, and I'm pretty sure all of your conclusions, will be different than the mayor's reaction. But if you are going to watch a video like that, brace yourselves. It's not easy to watch. And I understand that being a first responder is a tough job, being a firefighter, paramedic, police officer, whatever. I get it. But uh, the, my, my issue is with Lightfoot and how she has allowed this still to go on. Continue on the same policies of... Mayor Daly and Rahm Emanuel. That's our city that we're in. Corruption through and through. So whenever you hear a conservative or Republican saying Chicago's a communist city, it's kind of like, no, no, it's corporate. It's corporate. You got the C part right. Just corporate. Not communist, corporate. There's corporate communism, though. The rich get everything in the city. 
It's as capitalist as can be. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Through and through. And small business owners, homeowners, and renters are struggling every single day. And, you know, uh, I sent you a couple of links. You could check them out for yourself. Obviously, the work you guys do at Revolutionary Blackout Network is phenomenal. But, you know, just thought just uh, just mention that there's 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 a lot of corruption here in the city of Chicago. And it's uh, we only just scratch the surface of it. So I hope I hope you definitely <laughs> definitely learned something today. Civics Lessons 101. <laughs> I Chicago style. You know, I'm I'm at a point right now. Because it make and now it makes me want to look at Orlando, where I live, and see how far and deep the corruption goes. Because I can tell you right now where I'm living is becoming gentrified. Same all over the city of Chicago. It's happening yeah. all over. Yeah. Um. Just letting anybody know who's listening on the podcast form, uh, you know. Um, if you guys want to get, you know, the, the full episode, then go on to youtube.com, you know, and go on the JB Font show, just to let you, any of you guys know that you're listening on the podcast form. But yeah, so, uh, one of, one of the things that, um, happened, this was a few years back, was there was a lot of land that was near where I live. And mind you, the, the area where I live, my congressperson is Val Demings mm. and she's became the congressperson relatively you know uh, not too long ago but years ago before before that there was a mall that was built and this call is, is called the Millennium Mall this mall has and it's literally about three quarters of a about a mile away from me. Look, I can jump on a bus, be there in 15 minutes. This mall has a Tiffany's, Versace, Bloomingdale's, Macy's, Jimmy Choo. That's what's inside this mall. Why? Because I literally live, if you go about 20 minutes down the street, you will get into a place called Windermere and Isleworth. These are some of the homes of where people like Tiger Woods and Shaquille O'Neal used to live. So this is a part of Orlando that is very well-to-do and wealthy. Who works right here? Well, everybody that lives around me. But guess what? Since then, the rents have skyrocketed in this area. By the way... Who is Val Demings' husband? The mayor of Orange County, Jerry Demings. By the way, just to let everybody know, at the same time that Jerry Demings became the sheriff of Orange County, Val Demings was the chief of police of Orlando Police Department. And Orlando is inside Orange County. And then they became mayor and congresswoman. Yeah, we have our we have our we have our shit too in Orlando, and they're Democrats, by the way. Interesting. 
Yeah, well, and see, the thing is, and, and by the way, before anyone types in the comment section, well, you won't see this in a Republican town. Yes, you will. Oh, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's just the thing is, let's just face it. The Democratic machine here is very well oiled in the state of Illinois, especially in the city of Chicago. It's it's corruption through and through. And a lot 